the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. I uh, hope you're having a fabulous uh, Saturday. This is Al Fadi. And if you are just tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. And we are, of course, uh, absolutely uh, fortunate and blessed uh, to have you all with us. And we're so thankful uh, that you have been partnering with us year after year. Uh, this particular uh, show will really mark almost the end, uh, you know, close, I should say, to the end uh, or, you know, maybe three quarter of the way of our fifth season. And uh, we still have maybe a couple of months left before our fifth season closes. But uh, it just shows, uh, you know, the grace and the mercies of our um, our God and how this idea began back in 2014 to have this podcast. I, I have to admit uh, I was skeptical about it. I didn't know if it will even last, uh, you know, after one or two episodes. I didn't know if we're going to get a lot of flack or catch flack for, for a topic like this. I did not know even how the station might react to some of the comments we might receive. But uh, by the grace of God, um, the station was so faithful. Uh, they are wonderful. And uh, they actually were big supporter of this idea and uh, it shows how when we put our faith and trust in God that things can continue to prosper and continue to grow. And obviously, we're not here because of anything that we did. It, we're here because of the power of our Lord and uh, the hand of God in it and also because of the faithfulness of supporters like you who pray with us, pray for us, and also some of you uh, partner with us financially, uh, obviously, to stay on the air and record it costs money, so we're always looking for partners who would like to give towards either the podcast or the ministry, Sira uh, International in general. Uh, so uh, we will share more uh, with you about that. But you can always, if you want to inquire more about this, you can always contact me through my website, SiraInternational.com. Again, that's Sira, C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International.com. With that said... Right now, I am going to give you an overview of the most recent video series that I did in studio, uh, either uh, by myself or uh, other series with in partnership with Dr. Uh, Jay Smith. Now, if you were to go to my personal Facebook page, which is alfadi.sira, again, it's alfadi.sira, and as I said, Sira is with a C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A, alfadi.sira, you will notice that between March 11 and March 15th, I was doing a series of Facebook Lives from the studio. And it was during that time, which is almost a month ago, 
that I spend a week in there uh, doing my regular uh, video recordings. Uh, we do this a couple of times during the year. And uh, the reason why we do this is we want to build a backlog of video series. Sometimes it's a brand new topic and sometimes it's a continuation of a previous series. So we're adding to that. And people can access those videos at our YouTube channel, which is called Sierra International. And you can subscribe to Sierra International. We're pushing already 9,000 subscribers. Thank you again for this uh, partnership with us. You can also, uh, when you subscribe to Sierra International, you receive notifications that will tell you about the release of these new videos. We are preparing a new platform called the Learning Platform where you can have an interactive, basically, website that is user-friendly, and we are going to place these videos in different categories under apologetics, discipleship, evangelism, and we have some also under political Islam where we will be dealing with topics as terrorism, Sharia law, and many other aspects of that. And for that, we are preparing now to... Uh, have a uh, expert scholars in this field, one of whom is uh, Robert Spencer, the founder of Jihad Watch. But we will deal with that in due time. However, lift this up in prayer. Now, having said all of that, I uh, wanted you, if you had a chance to go to that particular week, uh, you know, post, uh, I should say, the post of these lives uh, for that week between March 11th and March 15th, you will get a glimpse from these lives that I did myself or with Dr. J. Smith about the things that we have done. But now I'm going to give you the rundown, really, of more in-depth explanations of some of these series. Now, one of the series that I did myself had to do with the doctrine of original sin and the series we have uh, that, that we did, we titled it the Islamic Original Sin Dilemma. And the reason why I called it this is that if you go to my Facebook page, you'll notice that for the last maybe two to three months now, if not even more, I have been specifically posting challenges and dilemmas related to the doctrine of original sin. Now, our Muslim friends are under the impression that there is no such thing as original sin as the Bible teaches. Now, I know they pick on the fact that the word original sin is not found in the Bible. That's not what I mean. The idea that we are born with this disposition to sin, having inherited a sinful nature from our uh, forefather, Adam, uh, then uh, it becomes clear as you survey the scripture from cover to cover, and by the time you get to the New Testament, you see the necessity for an intercessor and a perfect sacrifice to atone for this sin, and that's the work that God has done on the cross for us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, our Muslim friend's idea is you cannot really convince us that we need someone in the first place to step in and cover for our sin. We can do it ourselves by our good deeds. And number two, uh, why should we have someone who is innocent, like our Lord Jesus Christ, whom they consider to be a good prophet, be uh, uh, you know crucified or die on the cross on behalf of others when the Quran always says that each person will be responsible for his or her own sin? All of this is wonderful, no doubt, good questions. 
But that doesn't negate the fact that we are all sinners in need of a savior. We are born with this tendency from day one. Now, our Muslim friends will argue that no, a person, a human being is born from day one in a state of innocence and sinlessness. And it's called the original disposition or the, or the doctrine of original disposition, uh, also known as fitrah. Fitrah, okay? What is fitrah? Fitrah says that any person in the world, not just Muslims, is born in a state of sinlessness. They have no sinful nature whatsoever. But then it is the influence that they receive from their parents, or let's say their peer, or the culture, or the society they're living in, or maybe even their own focus questions and studies that begin to sway their uh, their uh, you know spiritual uh, direction. So they're born with this state of sinlessness. On top of this, they're born gravitating towards one God that is Allah and one way or religion that is Islam. So you are born a Muslim, technically speaking, whether you like it or not. Then you decide. Or your parents decide to take you away and make you either a follower of Judaism, a follower of Christianity, or a pagan maybe, an, an, an idolater, whatever the case might be. Nevertheless, that's the teaching that Muslims are convinced of. However, in this particular series, I showed from Islamic sources, that, that is the Quran, the Hadith, and the commentaries, primary Islamic sources, that Islam's own teachings disagree with our Muslim friends. While it is true that the Quran talks about the fitrah, that is, uh, that Muhammad talked about the fitrah, uh, that the even other primary sources like commentaries talk about a fitrah, nowhere in there do, do these sources deny the existence of original sin. And I went through a number, you know, it was a long series actually, a number of videos uh, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, we consumed. I think we ended up with about 13 or 14 uh, videos dealing with this particular issue, which we will continue, obviously, because my style is I build foundations first and then keep building on that. Now, uh, in, in those series, uh, the, the video series, I should say, we showed that, for instance, the Quran has multiple passages where it clearly stated that the fall of Adam and Eve from the garden, and Muslims believe the garden was in heaven, so the fall from heaven all the way to planet Earth, that's how Muslims think, um, has an impact not just on both of them, but has an impact on their generation and their descendants uh, throughout the history of mankind. And I showed from a linguistic standpoint as well how many of the Islamic scholars and the Islamic translators of the Quran pointed that out, that the effect of the uh, banishment and the cursing that they received from Allah impacted their descendants as much as it impacted them. Now, that's powerful. Why? Because that lines up with the teaching of the Bible. Remember, the Quran was uh, basically developed almost 600, if we take the traditional Islamic dates, 600 years after the New Testament time and the, uh, the time of Christ. So you have to look at it and say, all the Quran is doing as a historical document, as a witness, it's really testifying to what the Bible has already told us all along. That's why we are always acknowledging our sinful nature and our need for a savior that's our lord to atone for our sin 
to receive basically forgiveness of sin and to also receive the Holy Spirit who will begin to sanctify us to uh, prepare us for the state of glorification at death. But we will go through sanctification throughout our life. Nevertheless, that's what the Bible teaches. The Quran acknowledges this. And then Muhammad also had a number of hadith traditions that were reported in Bukhari, for instance, which consider one of the most authenticated sources of the sayings and the teaching of Muhammad that, uh, you know, that there, there were an argument, for instance, in heaven between Moses and between uh, Adam, because uh, Muslims believe that uh, uh, Adam and Moses and and other prophets are residing in uh, heavens right now. And Islam believe there are different layers of heaven. There is the first heaven, the second heaven, the third heaven. So they were arguing, uh, Moses and, and Adam. And Moses was saying, are you Adam who caused us to fall and to be removed from the garden? Now, notice the question. It is an interesting one. Uh, uh, Moses, who supposedly came into the scene almost 4,000 years after the time of Adam, is asking Adam, why aren't we in the garden? Because of you, Adam, and because of your action, we've been banished. That's another example of how the Islamic traditional teaching actually contradict our Muslims' own understanding of what original sin is, because this hadith confirms 4,000 years later, uh, humanity is still out of the presence of God, out of the garden. And, And add to that, even though the Bible never said the Garden of Eden was in heaven, it was on earth all along, the idea that Islam teaches that it was actually in heaven makes it even a more powerful argument against them because where are we today? Islam says that after Adam and Eve were removed from heaven and sent down to earth, in their mind that's what the fall means, they fell from top to bottom, that God forgave them. If God forgave them, then how come we're not back again into the presence of God in heaven or at least in the garden? How come their descendants, their first first children, for instance, you know, uh, Cain and Abel, how come they were not allowed and admitted back into heaven if they were born in a state of sinlessness? You see the point? And also, I'm going to use the example of Cain killing his brother, Abel. Where did this Cain, for instance, uh, get this tendency to learn about an evil act like this and to kill. I mean, he was born supposedly in a state of sinlessness, right? That's what Islam teaches. And his parents are the only influencer in his life. There was no other humans yet. And if his parents actually admitted the wrong and they were forgiven back again now to ground zero, they have zero sins now, uh, then who influenced him uh, to kill? Where did he get this idea from you see these are the kind of things that i was asking in my particular uh, video series that we called islam's original sin dilemma so that's a taste of this uh, you probably by the time you listen to this uh, we will begin to trickle out, uh, out these videos one video at the time per week basically so every week you'll have one if we ended up I, I, my memory uh, fails me right now i think we ended up with about 13 or 14 videos that mean it will take about 14 weeks for this particular video uh, to uh, be released and be completed until we add more to it. And we will, Lord willing, be adding more, most likely sometimes between June and August, more videos will be added to this series and also more new series will be developed. Now, that was one series. The other... The other particular series that we are going to talk about here has to do with... Uh, something that I did with Dr. J. Smith. 
Now, uh, some of you probably have been exposed already to a previous series that I did with Dr. Jay Smith, and that was last year, and we called it the, for instance, one is called the Unknown History of Islam, the other one uh, we called it uh, uh, the Quran's Many Problems. Now, let's talk about the Unknown History of Islam. The Unknown History of Islam series was focused primarily on showing that the traditional historical facts presented by Islamic sources, whether the Quran or the Hadith or the history, tarikh or commentary, all of us point to, for instance, a prominent city known as Mecca, to a prominent prophet known as Muhammad, to a prominent historical timeline starting from 610 when he received his revelation for the first time, and by the time he died in 632, that was 23 years, he spent his life between Mecca, 13 years, and Medina, north of Mecca, 10 years. And a, a scripture was revealed to him called the Quran that was compiled for the first time as a book almost two years after his death by the time uh, the first caliph was in office in 634 AD. And then a second uh, recension or compilation was done in 654 AD by the third Caliph Uthman, and that was the beginning of the canonization, basically. And we have a standard text called the Uthmanic Rasm or the Uthmanic Standard Text, and from there, all the Qurans matches this. In other words, every Quran we have today match exactly what was revealed at the time of the Prophet and what was finalized in terms of re recension and collection only, not edition, uh, uh, by the time of Uthman in 654. And then Mecca has always been the prominent location for Muslims from day one. It's been a prominent city even before the birth of Muhammad, continued to be a prominent city for centuries before that time. However, we showed that archaeology and history and other external evidence do not support this. In fact, by simple studies related to the geography of the Quran and also uh, the Qibla or the direction of prayers of the early mosque, the first 200 years, uh, the mosques that were built between the time Muhammad died until almost 200 years after his death, point to different directions. And we relied on a work of a gentleman by the name Dan Gibson, uh, who wrote something called The uh, Geography of the Quran, or the Quranic Geography, and another book called the Qibla. He also, prior to that, in 2005, I believe, wrote another document on the Nabataean and the influence on the Nabataeans, uh, which is in southern parts of Jordan, by the way, where we have Petra, uh, on uh, the teaching of Islam. And we built a good case for that, and then we continued this time to add more analyses to that. We took some of the pushbacks and the arguments that Dan Gibson received from some uh, Muslims and scholars also about uh, possible errors in his own assumptions where we showed that there were no errors. He's done his homework firsthand and, and we showed more supporting evidence that his findings are more damaging than we've ever imagined. And then uh, regarding the other series, which is the Quran's many problems, back then, uh, last year, when we did this series, uh, we looked at early Quranic manuscripts. And when I say early, we're talking about Quranic manuscripts in the 7th, 8th, and 9th centuries, which is the first 200 years of Islam after the revelation of Muhammad and the death of Muhammad. And we showed that early Quranic manuscripts show evidence, clear evidence, of manipulation of the text, edition, correction, erasures, insertions, and the list can go on and on and on. In other words, the text that we have today uh, actually 
was, uh, you know, is not the one that they had back then. In fact, this time, we continued with this by showcasing a book that by this time, when you're listening to this, most likely has been published on Amazon and other sources. It is called 20 Examples of Quran correction uh, of correction, I should say, in early Quranic manuscript or in early Quran manuscripts by Dr. Daniel Allen Brubaker. Daniel Allen Brubaker, and we went through these examples one by one, and he has also a, an appendix uh, in there, uh, an addendum, if you wish, that we went through an example in that addendum as well, and we showed and we made a case that it is quite possible that the canonized Quran which is the 1924 Cairo edition. Believe it or not, the Quran was finalized and canonized in 1924, almost 1,400 years after its first inception, that this canonized Quran was used as the basis to go backward and make corrections to some of these manuscripts, uh, you know, to make sure that these manuscripts match the canonized Quran to avoid any embarrassment. So there were some, you know, basically examples of people getting caught basically with their hand in a jar, if you wish. However, be it as it may, uh, whether it was done backward or forward, we have enough evidence to show that there has been tampering with early Quranic manuscripts, and we showed those examples, images of them. I did the analysis of the Arabic, and we showed also the previous reading, if it is decipherable, and the current reading, or any changes or manipulations that took place or any variations as well. So that was, uh, this is a summary basically of the things that we were able to do in the Marsh recording. And we will continue to add to this uh, later on this year. And uh, other series, of course, uh, in the summer will be done in apologetics. Now, this one is a critical assessment we are going to continue our apologetic series with Sam Shamoun, David Wood. This time also we are going to do or launch a new series on political Islam. We will bring experts like Robert Spencer. And then we'll do another one, uh, discipleship based on studying the doctrines of the Bible. We will bring another uh, gentleman by the name Anthony Roger. And you can Google all of these people, of course, watch some of their videos or writings and so on and so forth. So this is a summary of what was done. We're so excited, of course that the Lord has uh, enabled us to do such a thing. It's uh, what a privilege really to be able to serve the Lord and to be able to showcase to you things that are cutting edge that no one have done such an in-depth analysis of in video on YouTube by people who have invested time, whether scholars who wrote on it, whether myself, uh, the whole, somebody who knows the Arabic, and I'm also a researcher and I'm going through uh, my own studies of the Quranic manuscripts, or Dr. J. Smith, who invested uh, the bulk of his life doing these kind of analyses. Uh, I do not like to usually just bring anyone. I do not like to talk uh, without proofs. So we always present clear evidence, sources, images to substantiate the work that we do. With that said, I am thankful for your partnership, and I want to encourage you of course, if you just tuned in, by the way, this is Al-Fadi, and you've been listening to Let Us Reason. I've been um, you know, encouraging you to go to our website, sirainternational.com, and go to the archived section for Let Us Reason. You can listen to all of our episodes for the last 
four and a half year and more. Then also, I really appeal to you to go to our YouTube channel, CIRA International. Again, it's C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. Subscribe there. And we would ask you to prayerfully consider also to support us financially uh, on the YouTube channel through Patreon to become a patron by giving as little as $1 and as much as the Lord lays in your hand. All of these givings, along with other means that we are able to access or prayerfully knocking on doors, they will allow us to produce more podcasts, more videos. And our goal and hope is that at some point in the next two to three years, we can launch twice or three times every week, meaning instead of one video a week, we want to launch two and hopefully three videos a week in different categories. Thank you again for your partnership with us. Our time is coming to a close and we encourage you to lift us up in prayer and also consider supporting us through YouTube channel as a Patreon patron. Thank you and God bless you. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.